Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Jeff, could you maybe laugh just a little bit less? Come on, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Diane Gardner. Welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer, and thank you so much for being here. How's it going? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. It's a real honor. It's a pleasure to have you. Okay, so you are um, a tax coach. Your website is taxcoachforthenumberu.com. You're also a speaker and a best-selling author. So you already knew that. But what I want, yeah, for those who are listening, you know, we got to do, we have to sell the show here a little bit, right? Um, let's go back in the Wayback Machine and talk about the Diane Gardner in, say, high school. What kind of, what group did you hang out with? Okay, my face is getting red already. Oh, uh, <laughs> because I was so boring. I was <laughs> quiet and shy and wouldn't, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was not popular. But now you're a speaker and an extrovert and, you know, standing uh, yeah, in front of people talking okay. all the time, right? So you're, you've said you've changed and grown a little bit. That's I good. I have grown a ton and I've had to learn how to speak to people and speak to groups and not uh, look, not be looking for the proverbial hole in the floor for it to open up and swallow me in. <laughs> Yeah, I've had those moments where you just kind of want to run away. Right? You're right. Yeah. 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 yeah it, has, it does not come natural, but I enjoy it. It okay. really has stretched me. So so you were shy. I get that. A nerd. Nerd. Okay. What kind? Of, what <laughs> sort of nerd? Because I was a nerd too. Oh, I was the nerd that the people came to who really didn't like to do school and would really like me to help them do their uh, homework you were the for them as academic. opposed to with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. See, now I, I was um, kind of an ambassador. A lot of my friends were computer nerds. Okay. So I had computer stuff like really, really young, like sixth grade. You know, I think I got my first computer or maybe. Wow. Yeah. 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 So really young. Um, and then I was also later on, I became a drama nerd. Probably the worst kind of nerd. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, so. All right. So you're you're a, an academic, basically, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Th- those yeah. are those are your folks. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you were you the type that just. If you got a B, that was like the end of the world. Oh, it was until I hit college and I got this really rude awakening. Yeah, that straight A's in high school equaled about C's in college. I had to learn how to study. Yes. Oh, it yeah. Caught my bubble. It was right. awful. <laughs> right. No, you can talk a little bit about that because <laughs> it's almost like I don't even know how to describe this, but the same thing happened to me. When I was taking like college class after college class after college class on an army base, Mm 
I don't want to say anything bad about any service or good about any service. This is an, an, object, an objective truth. This is what happened to me. I took maybe like three college classes in a row in Hawaii and an army base, right? Straight A's. And then the next class I wanted to take was on the Air Force Base. Same school, just the class I wanted was on the Air Force Base instead of the Army Base. So I, I bring my happy butt down there, B. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to top your story. I had a professor about my third year into college okay. tell me that I had no business being an accountant. What? That I probably ought to pick a different major and oh try goodness. something different. I'd never make it as an accountant. Well, you showed him. Her. Her. You showed her. <laughs> I uh, did. In I fact, was... sometimes I'd love to look her up today and do a little neener, neener, neener type <laughs> thing with her. <laughs> and well, you should. Have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. But... <laughs> oh, good for you. Take the high road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can always sort of nowadays with social media, it's, it's kind of easy to get that sort of like neener, neener without the other person even knowing. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Except as old as she was then, she's probably not around anymore. Uh, I understand. <laughs> wow. That's so sad. Yeah, it really, she could have crushed me, fortunately. It's like, I'll show you. And I worked harder. Oh, so it motivated you instead it of did, crushing yeah. you. Yeah. So like, what was her deal? I, I don't, what, 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 how, where do you think it came from, that sort of? It came from me um, taking a full load. I was always carried about 16 credits and working pretty much full time and trying to keep up with it all and living about an hour away from school, about an hour commute each direction, and just trying to do too much. And so I, my grades weren't as high as I would have liked them to be, but I had to support myself and it was not easy. I didn't get any help from my family or anything like that to get through college. So it was really tough. Wow. So, you know, you were just basically trying to survive. Right. As opposed to <laughs> the kids who right. had the full ride between financial aid and mom and dad right. who went to school and partied. I was right. the went to school, get your, your computer work done in the lab because it was before the days of laptops and, and personal computers and right, stuff. Right. And then get back in, in time to go to work and work till, you know, 10 or 11, 12 at night. Wow. Be back up for school at 8 the next morning. And so it was, it was a tough road back then. You weren't you weren't messing around. You had not no at fun all. at all in college. <laughs> no, I did not do anything fun in college. Uh, not one thing. <laughs> you know, I, know. I didn't. You know, I was in the military for from like after I joined the military. While I think the summer between graduation and you know going off into the world. So from eighteen on, I was military until I was thirty eight. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have that. Woo the party experience either right, the college yeah. thing so but i don't really regret it it i partied it, anyway i was in the military <laughs> did you, I, I didn't <laughs> you didn't at all huh no i didn't i'm boring i'm an accountant what do you think <laughs> uh, so so you're fitting in the box of who you're supposed to be <laughs> who i was supposed to be right. only now i've started breaking out of that box the last few years i would say my goodness you wrote like four books you've got a I've website You've got eight, eight books? Yes, I do. I'm sorry. I only saw the top four. You're right. There I are know, eight on there's there. A, there's a few that aren't on the website yet. Oh. That we just released a couple months ago, and wow. we haven't gotten them up on the website. My goodness. So. You're just a writing yeah. fool. Well, once you kind of figure out how to do it, right. it's, it's kind of fun. 
Okay. Because it, it's a different side of me that I, I never thought I could because, you know, I'm an accountant. I'm good with numbers. Right. And I started out with this feeling that nobody wants to hear anything that I have to say. And sure. when I started getting a positive response on my books, it's like, really? Okay. And then they, I would get asked for other information. So then I'd start writing the next one. And But you're doing and, it right, though. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't know how much you're listening to this sort of, this sort of like, you know, do what you love, quit your job, be a solopreneur kind of thing. Because you were already that to begin with. So you didn't need to figure out what we, you were going to do. You're already doing it. Right. But there's a lot of folks out there trying to figure out what people need. Right, right. And I've figured, I've learned, I think to me, I don't, I'm not saying that's not a good idea. I just, it's not for me. I don't want to you know, try to guess what somebody might need and then, and then build a business on that. Mm -hmm. That seems now, if people were to ask me like what you just said, like, Hey, you said this on your podcast, talk more about that. Tell me more about that. Then I might, you know, okay, there's people interested. Now let's pursue. I think that works better. Right. It does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And once I started working in the tax planning arena instead of just being a general average everyday boring accountant yeah people started taking more notice and they went really I didn't know I could plan my way to a lower tax liability or I didn't know that if I did xyz it would make a difference how come nobody's ever told me that now now my big question and I I think primarily you work for businesses right primarily right the tax Mm -hmm. so can like somebody that doesn't necessarily do business plan out their their tax strategies or not, not nearly so much? as not so much, especially if they just are, have a W two and maybe right, you know right, little right, interest right. or dividends or because something your deductions or, are so limited. Yeah, basically. yeah. Right, it's when right. you have a business that we get to do fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and then I get to pull out my cape and be yeah. a superhero. Well, you know, I, in California, I learned this, and now you can correct me because I might be wrong. But from what I read in literature and online and everything else, that everybody walking around in California is considered a sole proprietor. In everywhere, unless you choose to be something different, right. oh, you that's are everywhere. a sole proprietor. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's everywhere. I'm not so wrong if, about that. Right. right you yeah. don't have if to do in, anything to do that. If you're in business and you've done nothing, you're a sole proprietor. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And then if you want to yeah. do a DBA, you can't. Well, if you want to operate under a different entity Right, type, then you have to do the functional, fictional. Right, then we start filing forms with our various states and get yeah. their permission and some right. things like that. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so all I did for this podcast, because the, the branding folks that were helping me out, they were saying, you need to do at least some sort of I, uh, um, intellectual property protection. And mm-hmm. I'm like okay, it's just a podcast. And they're like, no, 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 I get that. But if you got the money, do it because it's worth it. Because if it becomes something, then you have something to sell. Right. You know, and I'm like, all right. (laughs) I hadn't thought that far ahead. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. And they were trying to convince me to to do an LLC. And I I put the brakes on that right away because I was like, I'm not doing anything because I don't know if you know this because you don't live in California, but there's like an, uh, an LLC fee. Yes, and yes. California is like, brutal. It's, it's like $800 a year. $800 bucks minimum. For, for doing absolutely no business. Yes, If yes. you have zero revenue, it doesn't matter for the privilege of having an LLC. So I was like, Plus, 
Yeah. Then they catch you on your gross revenues as well. Right. Of course. Yeah. Because it's brutal. California. I know. Yeah. It's like the worst tax state. Yeah. S corporations also get hit with that $800 fee in California. Really? Yes. Yeah. Make so money, lose money. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. California is one right. of the probably, I don't know, I'm going to just say probably one of the more brutal states when it comes to taxes. I, yeah. Yeah. I know. And I want to oh. get out. So, and thankfully, this is totally off topic, but my wife just came home like maybe a week ago. And she was like, she sit down, she gets all serious, is like, I got to talk. Okay, talk. I really don't like the new president at work. I, I want to move to Arizona. Let's go to Phoenix. I'm like, woo! Get out of here, bye! <laughs> well, now I, I want to find a job first, but yes. Oh, okay. I mean, the, the garage is already full of boxes. That's, that's Oh, you, yeah, you've got some action going. Good. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that is awesome. Be and then that's on her. She just went out and got those boxes. So uh -huh. I know in her mind, it's real this time. Yeah, it's yeah. real. You're it's, already halfway out. She's buying boxes and <laughs> she's telling me to clean up the garage. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And it I motivates see. me to get that job. But anyway, I you digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, good for you. And mostly just to get out of California because it's almost like having two countries. It is. Yep. <laughs> I, I spent 17 lovely long years in California. Oh, okay. Where were you? I was in Hollister, okay, which is south of about 50 miles south of San Jose. I got to ride out the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. Yikes! But pretty much leveled our town, and <laughs> wow. pretty much put me out of business and a few other things. So I came home to Idaho, where things are a little bit um, less shaky. Less shaky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Let's talk a little bit about, so we already know what college was like for you. So what did you do like right after college? So you get out of college, you're now uh, an accountant, right? I went to work for a couple of different accounting firms over okay. a, f a few year time period. Right. Uh, and they, of course, they start you at the grunt level. So right. you get to do all the icky stuff that nobody else wants to do. What is that? What is the grunt work of accounting? Oh, I got I got stuck in the auditing department at one Ugh. firm. Okay, just saying the word audit can't it does it, not yeah. engender any sort of like fun. It was boring as boring could be. Yeah, you sat there and you counted stuff and you looked through paid invoices and it was just as boring as could be. And I couldn't wait to get out of there. And after about two years of being in the auditing department, I was able to move into the tax side of things. Okay. And I thought it can't possibly be as boring as the auditing side. <laughs> and the, at the beginning, the tax side caught my attention because at least you finished something and you could, in a foreseeable amount of time, you could see that the project was done. Yeah. An audit can take months and months and months and months before you ever finally wrap the thing up. Jeez. So I kind of need that that sense of completion in my life. And so moved over to the tax side of the firm and started learning about becoming a better tax preparer. And I thought that's all there was to doing taxes was just becoming really good at, at preparing taxes. And boy, was I wrong. Right. Since then, I've learned that that is just the tip of the iceberg. And well, I think that's yeah. where so many accountants get stuck. They, they learn how to do taxes and they don't go any further. Right. And they're so only going to work in April, basically. Well, <laughs> not so much that because they do have extensions and things that they do the rest right. of the year. Right. But they're completely content to just record your history for you. Mm. Get it on the right forms. Get those forms filed on time. Done. Mm -hmm. Move on to the next person. Right. And they forget about the whole 
let's help our client from today forward on on into the future. And they right. and they forget about being proactive. They become just reactive. Mm. And I hear that all the time from new clients that I pick up. It's like, you're really different from other accountants. I go, I know, isn't it cool? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not that typical accountant. Right, right. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, the only, the only experience that I have is that I... Okay, there was one big business business expense that I paid for those branding guys, and and that I was able to say, okay, I still have this thing. It's called Vroomveer Media. It's a sole proprietorship. I've got a DBA, and and that was a le- legitimate expense that I paid over three installments, and it was a really nice deduction. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> you know, and that and that you can't do that un- unless you have a business. Right. right. So the only other experience that I had with taxes is investing in capital gains. Mm-hmm. So, and that is always, well, first off, I'm usually like loath to sell anyway. I would rather just keep everything if I could. Unfortunately, you can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've also found that if, possible i try to do this thing where you offset a gain with a loss um and that's about it that those are the those are the big tricks that i know <laughs> other than that i'm all turbo tax okay yeah yeah so what sort of things do you guys do in in like planning you start like is it like buy this way or you know you no. know no okay no. No, what the how I actually start with somebody is I love to take a look at their last couple of years personal and or business tax returns. Okay. And from there I start looking for various things and if they're not on that person's tax return, I'm noting it. And then I'm also watching to see if they've taken advantage of various tax strategies. Something as simple as are you operating your business in the best entity type for you at this particular stage of your business? Okay. Because so many people start out as a sole proprietorship, but after a few years, they start outgrowing that mm-hmm. entity type. And so sometimes by just changing an entity type for a client, we can save them three, four, five thousand, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year in self-employment tax. Oh, so that's when okay. it starts becoming fun. Is so when, then I you, can... when you're an LLC or an S-corp, then you can become an employee of your own company. Potentially, right? Maybe. Yeah, depending on on which on way we go, right. and right, yeah, right, right. Okay. and the type of business and stuff that you're in, mm-hmm. and so then we're able to shelter part of that income. So if you've got your business income and you and then you pay yourself as the employee, you still have some net profit, and right. this that net profit then is potentially not subject to self employment tax. And that becomes pretty cool when we can do some things like that. Yeah. We also look at retirement planning. Mm -hmm. Are we at the stage where they're ready to start doing, putting some money into a retirement plan and sheltering it from taxes? Right. Or we also look at things like if you're working from home, your home office. Are you maximizing it? Are you getting all those little deductions that go with a home office? Right, right. Your phone and your computer and... And just... Well, right, even right. just the square footage of your home, oh, whether right, it's your right. rent or your mortgage interest and your property taxes, your utilities. So a lot of people don't realize they should be writing that stuff off. Okay. So, yeah, we're always looking on that. Then I love to look at meals and entertainment. 
because there's certain uh, industries yeah, yeah. that spend a ton in that type of an area right. as they're out there meeting and greeting with clientele. That to me, I bet you spend a lot of time teaching people how to keep their their vouchers kind of like straight because that's the first thing that uh, that I learned because I wanted to do that because I knew in the back of my head the first year I was did my, I think it was 2014, I was just spending money, right? Because, <laughs> you know, that's what you do when you're you know, <laughs> right. starting a new business, right? Uh-huh. But I was keeping track of all my receipts, but then I got to the end of the year and like there were like at least two categories that I remember as like meals and entertainment were one thing and then like travel and hotel were another thing. Mm-hmm. So you had to keep them, yeah, you didn't and have to keep travel. them. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, travel meals are different than meals and entertainment, too. Right. Right. Two right. different colors of food. Yeah. <laughs> Tax law. Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then making sure you're keeping track of your mileage. Right. So uh, that we can look and see a standard mileage or actual deductions higher. Yeah. And so, that's always just like really hard right. to deal with. Yeah. And then then if, I, if I'm looking back at these tax returns and I see that they have a lot of medical expenses, uh-huh. I'm wondering if there's any way we can write them off through their business because on certain entity types, we can. Really? Through, an, um, through a medical expense reimbursement plan. Oh, wow. So that gets fun when we can start doing that for the business owner. Right. Just all these little things start adding up. And pretty soon you're saving four or five, six, seven thousand dollars a year in income tax just because you are now aware of these things that you weren't aware of before because nobody told you about them. Right. So and now I <clears throat> do you work as the, the company accountant or are you like a, an add on in there and you're working with another accountant or do you do both? It depends. Yeah, right. You'd like to be the CPA. <laughs> I, I, I am willing to come alongside the, you know, the business and they can continue using their current accountant. Right. Most of the current accountants get very defensive. Yeah, yeah. When you right. come in and you yeah. start showing their client how these ways to save and, and they, they don't wonder know. why their right. accountant never told them that. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> Which happens that's the name of one, one of your books. books. <laughs> right. Why didn't my CPA tell me that, right? Yeah. 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 So what you know, what normally happens is after a period of time, they become my client totally and completely because they get pretty fed up with their current accountant. Ouch. Not always, but sometimes. Right, right, right. right. So, um, you know, <clears throat> you know, we do still have the traditional accounting side of the business where we do the bookkeeping and the payroll and the tax preparation and all that good stuff. But Right. The strategy yeah. thing, though, does seem like more fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I get to meet the neatest people. Some of them are just only through Skype or on, on the phone. Right. Others are in person because we right, do right. work nationwide. Mm-hmm. So it's, wow. it's exposed me to all kinds of people I never would have met. Yeah, so, like me. Yeah, like you. <laughs> like the my goofball new, in California. <laughs> my new BFF, right? <laughs> there you go. Why not? <laughs> so how did you start writing books? Now, that's got to be an interesting story. It is. I'm going to back up a little bit before yeah, that. I'm going to go back to 2008-9 era. So that was when the, the housing thing was going. Everything was crashing. Right. And I happened to be very heavily invested in the construction world for my clientele. Okay. Which 
in hindsight was really, really painful because as oh, they yeah. were going out of business, my cash was drying up. Right. Was- and in 2007, I had just bought the building that holds my accounting firm Ooh. at the top of the market, I might add. Right. <laughs> you know, like all yeah. good people should do. Yeah. And I was just in total just fear. What am I going to do? I, how am I going to make the payment on this building? Right. You know, I, I can't, I don't know what I was going to do. And I was scared to death mm. because these are, these clients were just dying on the vine on me. And, you know, everybody was scrambling to try to pick up some only the, clients. Only and, the strong survived, right? <laughs> you, oh, you bet. <laughs> I know. And so at that point in time, I realized I needed to do something different. I had to stand out from the crowd. There's too many accountants cluttering up the surface. Everybody's fighting for the same clients. I had to somehow really dramatically stand out from the crowd. And I didn't know how to do it. Okay. And so that's when I first heard about becoming a certified tax coach. And I kind of watched for a little while because it really intrigued me, the idea of being able to plan your way to a lower tax liability. Right, right. And so I kind of listened to their stuff. And then finally, I decided to bite the bullet and go down and take the training. I went down to San Diego and got my certification and started transforming my business. Which took a couple of years because I, I say I had to turn the Titanic because it <laughs> takes a while to turn a mature business in a different direction. Yeah. And you had already had a full I'd CPA. Been yeah, yeah. Yeah. About 15 years at that point. So wow. <laughs> right. yeah, I was turning the Titanic. It took some time. Yeah. Yeah. So once I finally got this all figured out how to do tax planning and stuff, my business coach started pushing on me that you need to write a book. And it's like, I'm an accountant. I can't write a book. I don't even know how to begin to write a book. I love reading them, but I you know, couldn't write one. Okay. I don't tell stories well. I, I just, right. you know, I can't do that. Well, an opportunity came along to be a part of a co-authored book, which was my very first book, which was called Stand Apart. Okay. And I thought, hmm, I could sign up for a chapter. I could think I could, you know, come up with something to say in a chapter. It's not a whole book. Yeah, that's not yeah. With that big of a commitment. I could do that. Right. And so I got involved in that book and just wrote my, my chapter and, and um, kind of, you know, okay, that wasn't so bad. So then the, and the next opportunity came up several months later to be part of why didn't my CPA tell me that? And here again, it was a commitment. It was just a chapter. Okay. Went, okay, the first one wasn't too bad. I can do that again. I can do a chapter. You could have probably chapter. done two at that point. Right. I was getting really brave. <laughs> so I got my chapter done and submitted for that book and it came out and it, it was both of those two books were bestseller books. Wow. And then I was told by my coach, okay, if you can do a chapter, you can do a book. I went, what? No way. <laughs> so then I had to get my mind wrapped around the fact that yes, I you needed to book. change your mindset a little bit. I had to yeah. totally completely change my mindset. And so then the, uh, my next book was the 10 most expensive mistakes that cost you thousands. That wow. one came out and that book kind of goes hand in hand with a seminar that I do all the time. Okay. She talks about all these different little tax strategies. Mm-hmm. And then I went, well, that wasn't so bad. And so then I was at a, mastermind event and the organizer was challenging us all to write a book in 60 days now is this dan kennedy or jim palmer this was jim palmer okay jim jim's Jim's been on my show okay yeah i was at his annual event in in philadelphia oh okay in philly all right uh uh-huh 
And so like a ding dong, my hand went up. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. You're like looking at it like you're in a dream. Yeah. What's hey, going on? Uh, what happened? <laughs> Stop so, it, hand. <laughs> so by the end of the day, those of us who raised our hands had committed that we would write a book in 60 days. Wow. And whoops. Then I got home and it's like, oh no, what am I going to do? Well, you so knew I, how to write a chapter. Right. So, so I sat down and I started thinking of the most common questions people ask me all the time. Okay. That's a good and, way to start. And then I started thinking of various clients that I had met with and conversations that I'd had. So then my next book, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay and How to Stop It Now was born. Mm. And that is a very... It's a case study book, and it's actual conversations that I've had with clients over the years. I changed their names and their industries so that I could protect them. Yes. And I have had so many rave reviews over that book. It was not an Amazon bestseller because I didn't have a publishing company behind it. Oh, But I've, I have given away probably, oh, 300 of those books. Wow. And you notice I say given away. I haven't sold them. I've probably sold 10. But I've given away probably 300. Wow. Because, because people just want them. When I meet people, okay. that book opens the doors as well as uh -huh. the 10 Most Expensive Mistakes books. Those two books open the doors to people I never could have got, have got to see otherwise because right. I'm just this little you know tax preparer and podunk raster Idaho. <laughs> I'm not, you know, no. somebody from your Diane Gardner, your tax <laughs> so, coach, that's right. tax coach for you.com. So they are my ammunition that opens the doors. That's how I get interviewed. Just that's like the Jim Palmer thing. method of the, the book as book as business card. Right. They are my business cards. That's right. And, yeah. So you've so, given away 300. Wow. I've probably given away another 300 of the 10 most expensive. That's, that's great. And now you know how to write books. I do. So you yes. obviously gotten over your fear of writing more than one chapter. Yes. Yes. Once <laughs> I got the mindset turned around, <laughs> then I was able to go ahead and tackle that book. And I did get it done in 60 days. Wow. And Stop Overpaying is out on Amazon. Did you, um, uh, did you find it like just super easy or was it, did you, did you stress over that, that 60 day thing or did you like, what? I should have been doing this a long time ago. Well, I'll tell you a little story about Please. that. Please. <laughs> there was another accountant attending that same um, the same event, and he and I were both certified tax coaches. So I had known him for a few years, and together we decided to write this book in sixty days. Okay. So I went home, and I we so you only up, had the right half. Well, we divvied up our chapters, and we okay. each knew which chapters we were going to write. And the idea was as soon as you got a chapter written, you would send it to each other to kind of critique and edit, and we would keep going. Well, after about 30 days, I had sent him probably five or six chapters, <laughs> and I had yet to see anything come from him. Okay. Then we hit about 40 days, and I had all my chapters to him, but I had not seen anything come from him. And I was mm. on the phone with Jim, and was like, Jim, what am I going to do? My 60-day clock is ticking, and this book is half written, and I have not heard boo from him other than a bunch of excuses. Right. He says, Diane, he says, I'm going to tell you something that's going to be really hard. And I go, what? And he goes, you're writing this book yourself. And I went, what? Panic set in. Really? And so with Jim's help, I was able to get my mind wrapped around how I was going to get the other, I think there's 15 chapters in there. Wow. The other seven or eight chapters done in about 20 days. Yikes. 
And I became a writing machine. Every (laughs) night when I would go home from work, after I got dinner on the table, I would sit down and write for about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And that is how I got all those chapters done. And we managed to get it done in 60 days. Amazing. Wow. So... (laughs) Yeah, it was not, it was uh, it was not exactly how it was planned. It's not but in not the way it's supposed to happen, right? Right. I'm glad I did it by myself and didn't co-author it with somebody else. Right. Well, you learned a lot too. Oh yes. Oh yeah. A whole ton. <laughs> <laughs> now after that, then you weren't the the future books were probably uh, easier to deal with, right? Yes, yes. I have one on customer service, and I Uh have one on systems and procedures. But you're not under a 60-day pressure cooker Right, I'm not. No. Wow. No. Now I write it because somebody asked me about a topic. Mm -hmm. And so then I start writing, sitting down and writing out something for them. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So how did you end up winning this Quilly Award? And and what is a Quilly Award anyway? Quilly Award was (laughs) awarded for the Stand Apart book. Oh, okay. Because it, it made bestseller status, just it zoomed to the top really fast. Wow. So and that had a publisher and it was... It did, yeah. Who was and the co-author? Was that Dan Kennedy? Well, Dan oh. did the forward to the book. Oh, okay. And I think it's because his picture was on the front of it. Ah, Because yeah. there was 30 co-authors in that book. Oh, wow. But I think Dan's face on the front of it is what propelled it up as fast as it went. Right, right. So... My Quilly Award was for um, just an award for being part of that book. Mm-hmm. So, but then this last year, um, in fact, in May, just this last May, I was awarded Jim Palmer's Dream Business of the Year Award. Really? Yes. That Amazing. Was, that was voted on by all the the people in the mastermind group. All of it, all the alumni, basically. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jim's great. He's been on this show once and then my podcast before this twice. So uh-huh. I've talked to him three times in the yeah. last two or three years. He's amazing. Yes. He's a lot of fun. Um, and then I also know Susie Miller, too. Oh, I love Susie. Yes. Oh, she Susie, made, oh, she is such a sweetheart. And she has such a great story. Oh, my goodness. Talk yeah. about uh, a life. Wow. Yeah. I've been on Jim's show twice and on hers once. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw that you were on her show. That's how I knew you knew her. Yeah. But her story was a really good show. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just like veer after veer after veer. All of her veers were kind of crisis You bet. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my veers, well, actually a few of mine, because the earthquake forced me into, you got to figure out something fast. Right. And then came home to Idaho. And then I found myself um, as a single parent <laughs> in a situation beyond my control. I'm trying to be really nice here. Right. And all of a sudden, I had to take my business from working from home to I headed into town, rented an office, put up the proverbial shingle, yeah. and got out and started walking the streets because now I had 100% of the bills on 50% of the income. Wow. And had to definitely do a, a little bit of rooming and veering in there to keep myself and <laughs> that, my daughter going. You had to room a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then we had the collapse in 2008 and nine, and had to go figure out how to reinvent myself there. Right, right. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you've got, yeah. you know, you've been around. You, you know, you've got your stories. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. No, it's not. And and, and you had no clue that when you, you thought, well, you know, I'm boring. <laughs> You started out this. <laughs> you, you, you started out this show saying, "Oh, you can't talk about me in high school. I was boring." <laughs> <laughs> I was. 
<laughs> you was, but I'm one of those ones. If people even remember me, I'm amazed. Right, because <laughs> I was so quiet and so shy. <laughs> right, right. Have you ever gone back to any reunions? And I've gone to I think two of them. Okay. And I'm amazed when people come up to me and say, Diane, how are you doing? You, you still look the same as you did in high school. I'm thinking, you remember me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. That's funny. Because I wasn't part of the, you know, the in crowd or anything. Well, the, it was probably somebody whose homework you were doing. Probably. Yeah. yeah somebody I helped them with their homework. <laughs> Especially their math homework. That was kind of came easy for me. That was your thing, huh? <laughs> yep. So what else do you want to talk about? What what haven't we we covered in the in the uh, origin story of Diane Gardner tax coach for you.com? Wow, I don't I would say probably some of the biggest lessons learned is is the mindset part of it. Really? Well, let's talk it, about it. Because if you can change your mindset, you it's can huge. accomplish anything. Right. See, you're walking around with all of these limiting beliefs like you are. I'm boring, I'm quiet, I'm shy, yeah. I don't. Now, you you <laughs> said, uh, it says on your on your sheet here that you're a speaker. Yes, yes. So that doesn't sound like boring or quiet or shy. And what's amazing <laughs> How is did people, that happen? People actually show up. It is so exciting. <laughs> I love the way you say that with such genuine <laughs> surprise. <laughs> well, people because I never know. show up. I've done a couple and hardly anybody has shown up. Okay. So it's getting better as I'm getting you know more well known and stuff. And, right. Um, people actually <laughs> show up now. Yeah. And and they want my books and they actually want me to, to coach with them and work with them on, you know, coming up with a lower tax liability. And it's sure. pretty cool. Because those first couple I did when there's like two people in the room, <laughs> you're wondering, okay, this is not going very well. <laughs> This so, is an expensive room for two people to yes, go. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it's hard to carry on a whole seminar for just two people because you don't get the interaction right? that you can get with a larger group. It's almost like you want to so. just say, let's just get me off the stage and hang out at a little table or something. And I, and I have done that when there's only like two people showing yeah, up. Yeah, why Just why go not? sit at the Be table with them and let's yeah. just go through the material. Right. And have a more of a conversation instead of a presentation. Right, and, right. And so, yeah, learn that early on. Turn it into a conversation for them. Yeah. But it's kind of now nice now that I'm I'm getting a little bit better known, and I'm able to be re you know, people request me to come speak at various places. Oh, wow. Okay. And so that's kind of nice. And you're getting so. paid to do this then? Actually, no, I don't get paid to do it most generally because I do it for the lead generation. Oh, right, 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 right. So my, you're giving my away little, books and you're giving away cards. You bet. My or you've got a table back there. The table at the back of the room with an admin <laughs> assistant back there who's right. signing people up for Your for newsletter or a consult, and, right. Yeah. That's, so I'm willing. So I'm you're a doing lead generation. <laughs> yeah, lead generation is huge though. It is, yeah, because you're doing it right now. <laughs> well, right, yeah. Actually, think about it. Right. But if somebody comes in the room and they actually get to interact with you and answer some of their questions and stuff, it's almost a shoe in that they will want to set up a time, a chance to talk to me. Oh yeah. So you know, so figures, as long as we get some signups each time, I'm willing to to work cheap. <laughs> 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 because those signups, those people, those you know, those consultations are are gold to me. Oh yeah, well it's it's the lifeblood of business, basically. You it gotta, is, yeah. Yeah, and to, they're not going to talk about their taxes in front of other people in the room. 
Right. So you have to get into that one-on-one situation where they'll open up and tell you a little bit more what's going on. Right, right. They'll sit there and go, whoa, wow, and take notes, but that's about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty quiet. You, you get a few And they'll ask a lot of questions maybe, but not the, not the deep, dark secret. No, no, <laughs> right. very general. Right, so, right. Yeah. Not like I know anything about this, but is this illegal? <laughs> 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 My friend Bob, who's in Zimbabwe, has a, an LLC in Maryland. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're happy to get out there and do those. Um, we love to share information. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, one of my biggest ways I try to give back is just sharing that information because most people don't know what they don't know. Right. And so if we can, if we can open their eyes to just a whole new concept and change their mindset in the process. Yeah. And their life is better. And I've had the chance to make some sort of, a, of, of an impact on them, even if it's just a small one. Mm. Now, let me ask you this. Are there other accountants that do this coaching thing too? There are. There's about 400 of us across the U.S. There's only 400 of you. That's not a yeah, lot. That's not a lot. No. And we <laughs> all have the letters CTC for certified ah, tax coach behind our names. Gotcha. So when you come across an accountant with CTC behind their name, they're usually very proactive. Right. And they have got your back and they're trying to help you plan for your future. And so it we're just a different breed of accountants. Right. But they're all CPAs too. Well, we're not all CPAs. Oh, some, really? Some people are CPAs. I'm an enrolled agent. Okay. So... Uh, and then there's some that are attorneys, and we've got a few that are financial planning kind of people. Oh, wow. So, so it yeah. runs the gambit. It does. Most of us are accountants, but not all. Right. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because my, my next thought was, it seems like you've got a good system. Can you sell the teaching of the system? But it seems like that base is already covered by whoever. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep, one run, one rung up above me is selling the the teaching of it. I gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and we're all buying into it. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, uh-huh. but that's yeah. cool though. I mean, at least somebody's somebody's making money off of a really good idea, and that's always nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's created a community. So if I'm working on a tax plan with somebody, say in Maryland, and I'm not familiar with something going on in that state, right. all I have to do is is go to my list of tax coaches and find somebody who's in that general vicinity, mm. pop online, or give them a call and ask some questions. And and they're open and to hang they're out. They're open. You bet. In oh. fact, I was on a tax working on a tax plan yesterday, a fairly complicated one, and. One of the other tax coaches piped in, and then he actually gave me a call and talked through some of the strategies. He says, hey, I'm here to help you, whatever it takes. Let's close this deal. So it's wow. pretty nice that we've got a really wow. tight community that way. <laughs> that is that is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Instead of the way most accountants work, it's like, oh, no, I don't want to let you know anything about what's going on in my business. You might steal something from me. You'll, and take you'll steal one of my ideas. I'm yeah. the only one that found this loophole. Yep. Where tax coaches, we all share freely with each other. And so it's, it's really nice having that community out there. It makes sense, too, because really, the more you help other coaches succeed, then I think it's going ho- to help grow the whole community of tax coaches. And right. everybody's going to save more money. Right. And, and it helps. We help each other because we can't know everything about all the other That's states. That's right. The brain, un- unfortunately, the brain doesn't hold enough information to right. have every state's tax code 
and all of the tax code in it uh, yeah. all at once. No way. <laughs> nope. So it's pretty nice to have other tax coaches that are in other states and you yeah. just give them a call or a email or a text or anything and you've got somebody who lives in that state and who's you know completely familiar with the nuances of that particular state. Mm. Okay, so let's say your uh, your stuff one more time. So taxcoachforyou.com. Do you want me to say the other one too? Cuz you've got two on your what's adeptbusiness.biz. Adeptbusiness.biz is my traditional accounting firm. Oh, okay. Where we do the bookkeeping and the payroll and the tax preparation and the tax projections and the QuickBooks cleanup and all that kind of stuff that you would right. expect out of an accounting firm. Gotcha. So, and, and then, then my tax coach, tax coach, for, coach for you is the fun stuff where the magic happens. <laughs> That's where the magic happens and all the planning and the be smart about this stuff. And you it's bet. not all on April. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. No. Tax planning season starts in May and it runs through December. Right. <laughs> and it keeps going, really. It, it's it's year round, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Just I have limited time during tax season to actually do it. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, which yeah. is why I say May through December. <laughs> and then you need the rest of the time to do the other side of this, the business, right? Right. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, but I always try to make sure I still get interviewed on podcasts and things like that during tax season because really? that's when people are, are very interested in what's going on in that right. life. Right. You never see any sort of marketing or ads uh, for tax stuff uh, after April, right? Right. 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 Not so much. So, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Good. There's, there's really good. What is that? Uh, the guy that says, uh, uh, get, it's your money. Oh, it's H&R Block, I think. They got really good ads. That guy's funny. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I but, really don't. Yeah. I don't see their ads because I'm at work for so many hours <laughs> each right. day during tax You don't have any time to watch TV during tax People time. tell me about it. It's like, oh, really? Okay, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm too busy. Sorry. Leave me alone about your TV yeah. watching. You suck. Yeah. yeah, there's no TV watching from about the 1st of January to almost the end of April. Well, you wouldn't want to do that anyway because it's not Netflix. That's what I say. Okay. You got to get on Netflix. Okay, well, Diane Gardner, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, and let's do this again. You bet. I love getting on and, and coming back and doing whatever repeat performance I can do for you. <laughs> sure, why not? We'll just catch up when you okay. when you want to launch a new book. Okay, yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. All right, you have a good one. All righty, you too, and thank you again. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.